Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. So you're saying that Disney Plus created a sitcom about two Avengers? Then it's up to your host to welcome some nosy normies to the neighborhood as we break down the show that breaks down reality, WandaVision. We travel through TV tropes while talking magic, machine men, and manic depression. It's time for Normies Like Us. We are an unusual couple, you know. Oh, this is gonna be a gaff! We now have first-person intel from inside the Westview anomaly. It's a sitcom. Starring two Avengers? It's a working theory. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. It's probably just a case of the Mondays. (laughs) Am I right? Wanda, 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 (coughs) sorry, ooh, feeling a little weird there, but that's right, Normies, we're back, we're talking WandaVision on Normies Like Us, with your host, uh, Colin Boner. Oh, man, that's what I was going to go for. (laughs) stole the best one right (laughs) now. Yeah, yeah, I guess then I'll be Micatha. Uh, uh, Joey Chu. Uh, This is Jacob Vision. And bless you, really Joe. Really original name. <laughs> Jacob Vision. Yes, Wink. and we, um, we're we talking WandaVision, the Disney Plus phenomenon. We're also creating a show of our own. Is Whether you're listening or watching, this is on YouTube and on the airwaves. And uh, we'll see how it goes. We're not maybe as good at um, <laughs> controlling reality as Wanda is, but the format may change, as did uh, the format of WandaVision. So thanks for wow. tuning in wherever you are. We're happy to be here. That, was, that was, took a lot out of me. It, it really is like a funny episode to start doing this with, though, because it's, you know, normies like us now in color. <laughs> yeah. And right, the format's kind of show. Brady Bunch vibes with the, the squares, which what we got parodied in the show WandaVision. But yeah, let's let's give the people what they they want. Right. We, we got the hook, line and sinker. Let's uh, WandaVision. Right. The first sitcom starring two Avengers. The first sitcom starring two Avengers, the first Disney Plus Marvel show. It's been a minute, guys, since we got some Marvel content. The last thing was Spider-Man Far From Home. And other than that, comic book-wise, I know you guys aren't bloodshot heads, but Joe and I are out here protecting uh, our beloved Wonder Woman 84 against you guys. So how do you feel getting some cool, goofy comic booky stuff? Or are you happy with some WandaVision, Jacob? Um, yeah, well, I think it's interesting that, you know, after like a year long break from the MCU that, uh, to come back on a, such a kind of weird installment in the whole, you know, franchise of the MCU. But, uh, I liked it overall. I have some problems with certain parts of it, but, uh, you know, we can get into that. The finale, I think, uh, didn't quite, you know, it was a a little bit of a disappointment for me for where the, the show uh, you know, could have gone, but didn't, but kind of teased that it might at points. But uh, overall, I thought it was really good uh, for an MCU thing. And I would definitely put it in my top 10 of like, you know, MCU properties. Out of 24 probably. things that have been made. That's a perfect way to say it. Joe, where does this land in your top blah, 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, I don't know where I would put it exactly number wise, but I would definitely put it in my top 10, maybe even my top five, to be honest, I think it was such a bold choice to have this be the first show in this, uh, this universe. And I know that wild agents of shield is mad that you would say that. And, 
you know, the Inhumans did happen, whether we like it or not. But I like that they took something uh, so unique and kind of put it at the forefront. And I think if it wasn't like COVID pandemic times, I don't know if this show would have hit the same way because I think we were all kind of starved and everyone is kind of vicariously living out life through television. So it really was kind of the perfect time for WandaVision. And uh, man, it did not disappoint. I was a huge fan throughout. I, I would put it uh, I would put it in my, my top five overall, to be honest. Wow. Well, I should say I was ready to put it in my top five. Uh, the finale probably dropped it down to top ten, top Ooh. seven range, maybe, if we're going to get really specific. I haven't <laughs> thought about it that much. It just got edged out. Yeah. Right, right. Um, like. And if I could, yes, please, sure. Uh, Joe, you touched on something. Uh, if it wasn't pandemic times, maybe it wouldn't have been as big of a hit or something. But I like the idea that, you know, during a difficult time in Wanda's life, she's trying to kind of live through her nostalgia, which is something that maybe we can identify with, um, you know, like you said, escaping through TV. This is um, the first edition of our new recurring segment, looking too deep into it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, there's some themes there that were nice. And I like the idea of like a human story being told with Marvel characters. And I thought, you know, Wanda and Vision are two of the most boring Avengers. But now I have a connection to them and I care about wow. them as characters. And that's, I think, the best thing the show did. Besides the fact that I'm just a big fan of sitcoms, you know, throughout all of the eras they, they represented. I agree with you, Mike. I never really cared about Wanda or Vision that much in the movies. And even like in Infinity War, the best the best part of their storyline is when Captain America like shows up to like save them. Right. And he comes totally. out of the shadows. So it's really about, you know, the characters around them more like I never really cared about the relationship that much. So definitely a good job on the, for this show to, you know, make me care about them more. Can I go even a little further? You know, we'll get into the powers. We'll get into the comics. We'll get into the people who these characters are. But Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, not one of my characters, not a Colin pick. OK, like literally when you were a kid and you would read those comics, you'd be like, oh, she's a mutant. Oh, she's the daughter of Magneto, the strongest mutant. Okay, mutants are people who get their powers from physical changes. They have extraordinary abilities. Oh, Colossus, metal skin, Magneto, moving stuff, Cyclops, beams. Oh, her brother, super speed. Oh, what's this? What's it say? Her mutant ability is magic? I'd be like, oh. <laughs> like, literally, I'd just be like, oh, ability, this is she's like, a witch. Yeah, yeah like, magic. I can't, there's nothing for me to grab onto here. So I'd be like, ooh, this is just somebody I don't love, Elizabeth Olsen absolutely love and you know fantastic performances that's what saves the show for me i say top three now you know it's it's still up there Hmm. Mm. yeah i can't rank it maybe for me amongst the feature films uh because it is you know nine episodes of varying length and stuff it's i kind of look at it as a separate thing but if it is a vehicle to kind of kick off whatever phase we are in now i think people know this is kind of leading into uh dr strange and the multiverse of madness uh, I think it definitely accomplishes what it set out to do by kind of refreshing the universe and like kind of getting a, a nice reset and getting people back into that world because yeah, we just came off Endgame like it's kind of fatiguing and this was a nice palate cleanser and then now we're set up for the for the next main course that's coming down the road. Yeah, and speaking of Endgame, I mean, I really liked how this takes place like directly after Endgame, right? And it kind of shows with. Monica Rambeau, kind of the effects of the uh, snap, you know, and I, I, I'd like to see more of that, like the consequences of the snap. Like we saw some in, in Far From uh, Spider-Man Far From Home as well, but I think that's a really cool thing that has a lot of 
potential just in that universe to do things with. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so I think, guys, that we got one hex of an episode uh, <laughs> ready for everyone coming up. So I think, yeah, how about we just dive right into it? We'll get our big uh, armored vehicle and we'll turn it into yeah. an ice cream truck or something as we Yeah, let's go through this through. portal. You're right. <laughs> Hold on tight. Just move to We're back. We're talking WandaVision. We're talking the show. We're talking the characters. We're we're talking the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's do a little dive in real quick. Let's do a little history. Um, we talked a little bit about expectations. You know, Jacob said he had expectations for the show. I think a lot of us, too, watching it kind of fell into, wow, you know, I want to know what's going on. I have my own theory. I think I know what's going on. There's been a little bit of backlash with the show. It kind of feels like, and you're saying the finale kind of not landing for you. I feel that way too. I don't know about you guys as well. But these shows, these mystery-solving shows, do invite you to go, what is going on? What What is happening in the thing? And you do want to say, I have this theory, I have that theory. No matter how it ends up, you do kind of have to feel satisfied of whatever it goes to, right? But I think the problem starts for people is in the comic book universe, because WandaVision has a lot of similarities to a lot of popular Marvel cinematic comic books or close tie-ins to the comic book world, right, Joe? We have oh, House yeah. of M, you know, a comic book where Wanda creates a new reality with her powers. We have Vision and the Scarlet Witch, a comic book where Vision and Wanda move to a small town together and get ostracized by people and face bigots and have children, you know, magically, twins. Um, I think it set up a universe where people are like, I want a lot of that stuff to happen, and if it didn't, it didn't, but uh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. That's that's my thesis for this episode. I kind of wanted to set that up. I mean, well, I, I totally agree, because... When an MCU movie comes out, this is always like trailer breakdowns, things like that we think we're going to see. With WandaVision, it was, you know, 10 weeks of that. It was 10 weeks of every time someone being like, oh, this is going to happen. To me, I knew that people had gotten out of control when all of the astrophysicist stuff happened. Remember that when there was a long period where they were like, well, there's going to be an astrophysicist. So obviously, you know, Blue Marble, uh, Mr. Fantastic. All of mm -hmm. these characters are going to get introduced. It's going to be someone big. No, it's just that she knows someone. Like, everything <laughs> doesn't have to be a big tie-in to something else. Like, WandaVision is a show about Wanda, Wanda's grief and vision. And, like, that's what it was. Turns that's out. what it delivered. Right. That's good enough, and that should be good enough. Obviously, I would have liked to see, like, Mephisto and all that other crazy stuff happen, but... I don't know, like, I'm satisfied with the story it told, and, like, that's mm. where it needs to succeed first and foremost. Yeah, I think, you know, on the subject of expectations, I didn't really have any expectations going into the show, because I had no idea what it was going to be like. You know, I thought the trailers looked interesting, but, you know, I was just going into it with very low expectations, not expecting anything. Then when I started watching it, I mean, it starts out so kind of weird and interesting, um, that I that my expectations kind of rose as the season went on, and they kind of rose and fell. But um, 
I think what's what also the show did really good that you mentioned, Joe, is that um, it was good at like kind of baiting the audience or like teasing the audience with like red herrings and being like, well, especially with the you know the Evan Peters casting, which was just very right. a very funny bit that they did, and it's like, well, maybe the X Men are coming in, maybe maybe it's Mephisto, all this stuff, but um, ultimately that's not really what the show was about, but it 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 worked to keep people talking about it, so I think it was successful that way. Yeah, and that's like the other side of this conversation about the show is people are saying the weekly kind of release, similar to The Mandalorian, you know, gives people time to kind of discuss it and think about it for a week. Whereas if you just binged it, you'd be like, ah, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. But you it's know, you done. have more totally. time. Totally, it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, to see. You know, binge watching versus week to week because this show, you're right, would be totally different if it was. If they just drop the whole season all at once, you know, you wouldn't have all the theories. You wouldn't have people talking about it week to week. So, yeah, it's it's totally different. I do think it's interesting that they knew that this one was such a risk and that this one was asking a lot of the audience. So, you know, the first night you did get two episodes like that. That didn't happen for The Mandalorian. I don't think that's going to happen for other shows unless they're kind of like, okay, we need to hook them and we know we need to hook them. Yeah, mm. definitely successful. Colin, how about you, though? What Expectation-wise, going into it, how, how did you feel? Spoilers going forward, obviously. Uh, listeners mm-hmm. slash viewers, everybody who's tuning in, look. My whole thing was, yeah, I, I don't believe any of these people who are, you know, the source says this or somebody says this. I have a theory it's this. The comics are lining up this way. That doesn't, that's, it's not going to work out that way in this industry. <laughs> Look, that's, that's just kind of <laughs> how it is. And especially with Marvel, who are people who, for how much they project a sense of control, steadfastness, structure, truly do make stuff up on the fly in very interesting ways. We've kind of found out today the finale is not what it meant to be. Obviously, it was not shown because of COVID. It was, it was pushed back when uh, Joe mentioned this Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to premiere beforehand. Scarlet Witch just happened to be further along in production, but their finale was not shot. So a lot of the stuff that happened was a lot of truncating. Um, They said the special effects budget obviously dipped too. I had a lot of problems with that as well. But overall, I mean, this is a a series that, beyond the big moments of special effects and clashing and stuff, is what Joe said, a show about small sadness. It's about a woman who is sad that her... Parents were killed by the first superhero. Her mutant brother was killed by a robot. And her robot boyfriend was killed by a purple grimace alien. And she's sad about it. And that's perfectly fine. And I love that about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I also liked about it, too, which is why I felt I didn't know about this about the finale, what you're just saying. But um, I felt a little disappointed. It wasn't terrible. I don't think it was bad by any means but the finale felt like a step down from what the show had the potential to be it didn't feel like it stuck the landing because it was just like well you know we can't just be a show about like grief and stuff we need to oh, have no, like no, a no. big pew pew this is a marvel movie between. yeah it's purple versus yeah. red <laughs> it right. did very much feel like the third act of an mcu movie all of a sudden and you know i definitely get yeah. that being a little disappointed because the stuff that was the most interesting was that that middle chunk when we were going through all the eras. Like I remember the, the first episode where we got taken out of it and we were just with, uh, you know, some of the, yeah, some Randall of the other Park characters who were Kat great. Dennings. Yeah. It just like, I don't know. There was something where it was like, okay, I get that we had to do this, but like, I, I want to be back in the show. And like, 
I really wanted to be back in that show. Yeah. Joe, when it goes to the normals, you know, Kat Dennings and, and the scientists and stuff, <laughs> it's like... The normals like us. Yeah. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> the normals like us. Like, I, yeah, I thought I was watching WandaVision. Now I'm watching, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. I don't know. That's but, right. Um, Agents of S.W.O.R.D. Um, Agents of Atlas, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. It kind of felt like, you know, the first three episodes were so kind of weird that they were like, well, we need to reassure fans that this is still like a Marvel thing. So let's cut back to the the normals doing their thing. So a little disappointing. But overall, like, I do think it was like I and, and I also like, you know, the, the, the common criticism of Marvel villains, right, is that they're oftentimes just like a reverse version of the hero. And we get that with like the reverse vision that comes. Right. Oh, God. But <laughs> I like oh, what yeah. they ultimately did with him where the way that you know they kind of do their battle is they have a philosophy debate about you know the ship of theseus which is really yeah, yeah. cool so i like that better than just the generic uh fight right i do love that yeah they're like fighting and then it's like hey man maybe neither of us is real it's like <laughs> yeah whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, do you ever think nothing's whoa. real <laughs> just it's like all right i'm out of here and then white I vision like, elaboration i got philosophy 101 at five so i gotta get going yeah, but yeah, I but yeah. that's so much more interesting uh, when they do something like that. Or I think about you know the Doctor Strange Dormammu thing, right? Like that's a cool way to do a big a big climactic fight yeah. that's not just you know a fight. So I like it when they do that that kind of thing. And then on I the like flip, that they, you got the, oh, go the the Wanda Agatha showdown. I like that they just let her wear sweatpants for most of it. Like the reveal <laughs> of her final show form that depression, was cool. Joe. Yeah, I love that for the most of it. It was like just the lady in sweatpants who like didn't want to do any of this. She just wants to you know watch I mean? TV. Yeah. She just wants to be I can TV. relate to that. Just wants to wear sweatpants <laughs> and watch TV. Ditto, yeah, girl. yeah, exactly. It's a mandatory uniform. But yeah, you have the, the, the laser fight with Agatha and Wanda, which was cool. And they, they did do the callback to the runes and only the witch who cast the runes. Could, you know, and it's like you think she's feeding the power and. You know, so that was a nice uh, way to bring that back around. Um, you get the incredible not, shot where you have, you know, the whole family uh, together. Family. It's like, how, how her, like, soon Violet. are we? <laughs> yeah, like, how soon are we from an announcement of a live action Incredibles after the success of WandaVision? Because, like, those moments just played so well. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, Dom Toretto absolutely approves of WandaVision's <laughs> uh, message of family first. Uh. <laughs> Uh, but he's um, also a witch hunter, so maybe he wouldn't. <gasps> true, Ooh, but very hunter. true, Jacob. <laughs> Dang, that's nice. Uh, to echo your sentiments too, Jacob, about um, like the fighting, and it's more interesting to do the ship of Theseus, for example. Um, it's like what we said in Karate Kid, where like my favorite things in that is everything that's not the karate, right? And right. So with WandaVision, it's all the personal stuff. The, the, the red and purple lasers are cool, but it really succeeds on that human level, which yes. is the core of the story, and for expectations, if anybody wanted something else and didn't get it, that's 100% on them because the show, I think, successfully told the story that it was trying to. The finale, I'm okay with it. Like, I didn't want Doctor Strange to show up or anything. I think it's totally fine uh, where it ended. So. Can I ask one question? Uh, Did you guys want the word mutant to be said at any point, though? I mean, I, I want it all, much. man, but like. It doesn't have to happen in WandaVision. You know what I mean? Like, I want Mephisto still. I want mutants still. I just like, we'll get there well, when we get you there. You want Ralph Boner still? 
<laughs> that, this, yeah. Well, this I is want what a, I thought I want a Ralph was... Boner spinoff. <laughs> what I thought was so fun about like the red herrings and stuff, like it really felt like you know this. It's kind of like you know a comic come you know made into a TV show totally. where it's like there's cliffhangers and stuff where you're thinking about what's going to be in the next in the next book and stuff and it's like um, when they brought in Evan Peters, I legit thought they were going to do something where they're going to bring the mutants into the MCU and I it was like that's so crazy that they're going to do that and then it turned out to just be a tease but like in a way that was really fun too yes. and then also with the Agatha stuff it's like everyone kind of suspected that she was going to be Agatha Harkness and there's all these you know posts about it online and everything. And then they try to throw you off because everyone expected it. So there's that scene where she's in the car with Vision, and it's like, well, maybe she's not. But like all these other signs are saying that she is, and then ultimately she is. So that's a way to, like, something that everyone expected to make it a little more surprising too. So yeah, and some some of those are more successful than others. I mean, Agnes, are you Agatha Harkness? No, I'm no. Agnes. right. But just <laughs> the, the, the way that it was so expected, they had to right. kind of throw you off the trail. Yeah. And I think, but Evan scene. Peters. To your point, you know, that's the biggest, like, I was freaking out, too. I'm like, oh, my God, that's from the X-Men yeah. movie. And I, I, I rewatched all of his scenes, you know. I'm like, yeah, he was the best thing about those. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, for it just to be, you know, boner. And yeah. it's like, okay. I think and, that's one of the greatest, like, meta jokes fake out. ever. Can I say, part like, of the yeah. outrage, though, is American Horror Story's first season was 10 years ago, guys. So people who saw Tate, quote-unquote, from that Evan Peters character... I've now grown up mm-hmm. to go like, oh, Evan Peters is my guy. He has this huge Tumblr-esque sort of following, right? So mm-hmm. the outrage people are feeling now of, well, I feel slighted because you made him a joke. The fact that his name is Ralph Boner is mean to me personally. You want to go like, <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. They're yeah. not making fun of the other Quicksilver. Quicksilver is good in those movies, I guess. I don't really like Quicksilver that much either. Well, you know, this... What they no, did with the inferior him, version of Sonic is all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's an inferior version of the Flash. But yeah, um, 100. Uh, yeah, wow. What I they think. did with him in the uh, you know in Days of Future Past, the the slow motion scenes are like iconic, right? Like yes. so that's the best For thing sure. about like those later X Men movies. And then yeah. so to bring him in, I think it's like a brilliant like meta joke. And anyone who takes it too seriously is like you know, <laughs> just think about your life. You know, don't take it too <laughs> again. <seriously>. That's. <laughs> That's your expectation. It's not the creator's fault that as soon as you saw the trailer, you were writing your own script in yes. your head, and yeah, then right. they didn't make and the thing that you imagined. But also, like, how much to blame is Luke Skywalker showing up in The Mandalorian uh, for all yes. of this? Mm. Because Luke Skywalker showed up in The Mandalorian, and now it's like, okay, well, anything is possible. So yeah, right. Doctor Strange better show up for the yes. final fight. And people thought my like, shows character. are very important. <laughs> yeah, people thought Michael Fassbender was going to show up as Magneto. Yeah, it's like, which is like, you, know. you're, you, you were out of your fucking mind and you can't be mad at a show for doing what the show said it was going to do and not taking time to introduce like six other hopeful fan characters. I got to get your guys' opinion on this. Um, this is a show that's so singular about itself. It is about grief. It's just about one envision. Yet, and we're arguing it can introduce bigger stuff. 
spends a lot of time introducing Monica Rambeau, a.k.a. Spectrum, this other character that there's going to be in other shows. She got a post-cred scene in this one. Did that feel deserved, Mike? Hmm, Monica Rambeau, I mean... Uh, we did a Captain Marvel episode, so, the, you know, the connections there with her mom. And there was even, you know, people were like, oh, Captain Marvel's going to show up in this, too. Uh, so another one of those things that people are predicting. Um, I don't know, if, you know, Photon or Spectrum. Uh, she has two, like... Uh, and Miss Marvel, technically. Oh, she's also been Captain Marvel, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the door is wide open for what she... We did see her, like, absorb the bullets and drop them. That definitely is the, the B-plot, obviously. The most interesting stuff is Wanda, uh, but I don't mind. Like, I like seeing, you know, uh, Agent Wu and stuff running around. Like, they, uh, Jimmy's they the had, best part. Um, we don't have to argue about that, guys. We all know Jimmy's the he's best doing part magic. <laughs> He's yeah. doing his own magic. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, yeah. um, you know, it, it is MCU, so they have to kind of tie in their other stuff and bigger, tease, bigger, you know, bigger. future things, which I always like when they do that in the movies, you know, like when... Winter Soldier shows up at the end of, you know, a movie or something. It's like, oh, you know, shit's about to go down. But like, <laughs> so I, you know, they, you know, they got to tie in Captain Marvel too. They got to have Kat Dennings and in, in the, in the B team come in. So I kind of like that it feels connected. That's what the MCU is all about. So, yeah, I mean, to me, I think right, about right. it like, like an event comic, right? When you're reading, um, you know, uh, Spider Island or, or uh, House of M, you know, the main storyline is about, X, Y, and Z, but there's always going to be those characters who show up for a couple pages that are doing their own thing just to try to get you to read that book. So, like, it makes sense to me in the universe. Um, and, like, right. it it does, you know, like, this, these Disney Plus shows are kind of promising something we didn't really get with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Netflix shows or the Inhumans. And that's, like, these are going to be directly connected. These are going to be made by the same exact company, starring the same people you know. So they do, in my opinion, kind of have to have some level of, like, direct connect connection like they're... I like Like that. they did with this one. Right. And Joe, I think that goes into... I mean, you know more about this than me, I'm sure, but the whole, you know, how Marvel television was separate from the MCU films for a long time with, you know, who was overseeing it with... Uh, uh, what's it? Perlmutter and everything. Ike and then they kinda, they're like, Jeff yeah, they're Loeb like, was put in Kevin charge Feige too. in charge of everything. And then now that the TV can actually like be connected, like that, I think that's why it works better than Agents of Shield, which never felt like it got, you know, it, it never got what it deserved because it never could like, um, be as connected to the movies as they want it to be, right? When it wasn't even a billion with, like, the, dollar TV show. Like, that's the other yeah. thing here is like, you got to keep in mind, like, this is a TV show that has some of the biggest names in Hollywood attached. Right. And, but I mean, the, the, just the fact that they've been successful for so long doing what they're doing now, it's just like, well, we can do whatever we want. Like, you know, we <laughs> don't have to worry about sandbox. TV rights and all this stuff. So it's, it's much better now, I think. Yeah, I totally it definitely, agree. Yeah. And it has like kind of laid the groundwork for a new type of TV with winter soldier supposed to come out first Falcon and winter soldier. Like, where the budgets have been getting closer, everyone's saying, oh, TV's just as good as movies for the most part. Yeah. Well, now you have the masters of the blockbuster taking a, a real crack at a TV show with those characters. And I think they were super successful. And it also makes me really excited for Winter Soldier and Captain uh, Captain Falcon, I want to call him, but it's just Captain America. <laughs> totally. Well, I think the expectations there are like totally different show to show, though. You know what I mean? Like mm. WandaVision, I didn't really want 
all that action. It was billed as a sitcom. Like, it was billed as a show about these two characters living in suburbia. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, I I want that action. Like, I want this to feel like a political thriller. And, like, it's going to be interesting to see if they can deliver on that level of action week to week that I'm really looking for with that show that you didn't really have to do with WandaVision because it was a different type of show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost want it to be like, you know, Captain America, you know, 2, where it's like, really feels like that political thriller feeling. I, I, want, it, I want it to feel like Midnight Run set in the MCU. You know what I mean? Uh, like, I want Lethal Weapon meets the Winter Soldier. Like, mm-hmm. that's different than a sitcom starring Paul Bettany and Elizabeth yeah. Olsen, who are both, like, fucking fantastic, but... You know, it's not it's not an action show, and I feel like Falcon and the Winter right. Soldier really has to be an action show. Yeah, and, and we were talking about the finale, like the action becoming more of a standard Marvel laser shooting into the sky. You know, obviously, we think the characters are what's stronger. Um, Colin, what's like your favorite moment from the show? Ooh. Like, we could, let's all go around. That's a great question, Mike. Um, God. God, 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 viewers, there are so many. Um, you know, <laughs> look, again, the stuff that I'm honing in on, it's exactly what you said. It's the character beat stuff. I think a lot of us and viewers, too, are going to zero in on that eighth episode out of this great nine series, the previously on, where you get Wanda walking around just through her, you know, um, memories and getting, like, what? what vision is programmed to do for the MCU universe, which is just deliver banger lines to people, right? Like you get the grief thing. That's just been memed to death, but here's the thing that, that episode, I'm a Paul Bettany stand. Like I'm, I'm just on this epic journey of just watching all his stuff. Check out my letterbox normies. It's just been all Paul Bettany for like three months now. Why I just, Mike, you know, I, I, we talked Knight's Tale, everything. Like I'm just in yep. love with this. Knight, I'm a Knight's Tale. Fan. Fan. Knight's Knight's Tale Knight's Knight. Paul Bettany. But Elizabeth Olsen, in that eighth episode, when she has quiet moments of grief, and I think my favorite one is when she's talking to the guy at S.W.O.R.D., you know, we see her come in, she wants Vision's body, when she says, I just want to bury him. He deserves a funeral. I deserve it. That is what the show is about. (laughs) Like, it is such a perfect summation of just like, oh, you know, grief, grief in film is loud and big and People cry like actors think you have to. No, no, no. Elizabeth Olsen is just quiet sadness the whole show. And that's that's my favorite moment, guys. She's great. And I want to say, you know, my favorite part, as good as Elizabeth Olsen is, and she is great, I feel like Catherine Hahn was the uh, standout, the show stealer. Wow. And I said even <laughs> before, the, you know, when the show was starting that I was like, oh, I'm glad Catherine Hahn is in this. I've always loved her. And she's kind of like... You know, she's kind of a character actor where she has the range to play so many different roles. Like I can, I could believe her as anything, and really, she has. You have to have range for this part because she's playing. You know, first she's playing like the housewife neighbor part, and then you know she re- obviously reveals that she was behind everything at you know all the time, the whole time. But um, I thought she was great, and every when she becomes you know full evil, like it's she can just like ham it up as the bad witch. I thought it was really fun. <laughs> was your song the yeah. favorite part? Agatha. The song was great. That's, yeah. that's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? I've had it stuck in my head ever since it, it dropped. And like it was immediately the number one song downloaded on uh, iTunes soundtrack section. And like, has oh, sure. Just <laughs> no sat way. on that top line. 
Yeah, now on Twitter, like, you know, there's the picture of her, like, winking. Like, that's, like, the uh, meme now. It's, like, you know, uh, it's great. But, um, yeah, she kills it in this role. And I also wanted to mention the the commercials for the, uh, yes. you, know, in the oh, yeah. you know, during the sitcoms and stuff. Those are all great. So, like, the themes, the song, the commercials, the theme songs to the, the shows, all of it. Like, the presentation is just so good. So, so interesting. Great job yeah. there. And Catherine Hahn, again, you know, she was uh, Dr. Octopus in, yes. in the Spider-Verse. Uh, so right. geometric so shapes weird. are real big for her. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yep. Hexagons and octagons. Oh, Mike. Mike, tell me, what was your favorite um, part for this series? I think it's, it's all moments for, you know, I'm a Paul Bettany fan. And uh, just the thing that pops out is when they did the magic show and he's got the gum in him. Oh, <laughs> it's just yeah. talk physical comedy yeah. king, dude. Yeah. 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 It's incredible. Um. But yeah, those those moments, and then I think yeah, the Agatha reveal was huge, and Catherine Hahn does do a great job, like Jacob said, as the nosy neighbor. And I think in the comics, right, she's not necessarily a bad guy. She just kind of has information about the occult. Yeah. So we'll see if she comes back. I don't know, Joe. Can you enlighten me and then tell me your favorite part? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not super familiar with her i know that they kind of did a little twist on her origin story but it's essentially what we saw she was a part of the salem witch trials um and that she's kind of like a a semi-mentor to wanda and kind of teaches her how to control her powers but wanda does murder her before she says no more mutants so like somewhere down the line i'm glad we didn't i'm you know i'm really glad they didn't kill her because i hope she pops up more but Wanda might mm. go ahead and do her dirty at some point in the MCU. Mm. Uh, as far as my favorite moment, man, it's tough. Like, Colin covered all those small character beats. Jacob covered Agatha all along. You hit the <laughs> the Dick Van Dyke, Paul Bettany uh, slapstick energy that we really had in those first couple episodes. Um, I guess leaving all of those out, because those, those would definitely be there. I love the fact that the reveal that Westview is not some random place that she just did this, but the reveal that like Vision had bought this land, like this was where their life was supposed to start and that that's where the whole show is taking place. I think it was a beautiful way to like kind of hold that nugget back from us. And then when they reveal it, it just really hits well. Um, Jacob, you said earlier, like the whole Monica Rambeau during the snap, I thought that was great too. So I mean, honestly, like, the show didn't really miss much for me. I really loved it overall. Well, I just got to say, you know, Jacob said, you know, well, the power of Marvel is the connectivity. It is a superpower. Like, that is, again, it is something people haven't been able to replicate. If you are the fan who is putting the time in, Joe, you know that Vision and Wanda have had two years on the run. They say that in Infinity War. If you want to spend the time and go back, we get the payoff of I only feel you. I only feel you. They say that line over and over to each other. When Wanda has to kill Vision at the end, he gives the most heartfelt speech ever and says, you can't hurt me. I only feel you. Then we get Wanda with the corpse of Vision touching him. I can't feel you. What other, right. you know, what, what other franchise? You don't watch Jurassic Park and go, oh, Blue the Raptor. I remember Blue the Raptor from the <laughs> nine-part miniseries right where, yeah, you know, his dad <laughs> is, you know, a really uh, a big uh, T-Rex or whatever. Yeah, like, it's, it's just yeah. not there. No, everyone, you know, it's been, ch- people have tried to replicate it, you know, so many times and no one has really succeeded like the MCU. And have they, you know, retconned certain things at points? Sure. Yeah, but like obviously over, you know, 28 movies or whatever, you're going to have to at some point. But 
the way that they do it and it still just feels so connected it's it's really just like you know it's just a huge success so what else can you say you know oh i also i i adored the mini retcons that we see here like you know when we're in the flashback and she's the story has always been that the bomb didn't go off and they waited there and they waited there yes obviously you know agatha's just like okay baby witch you hexed that and you didn't know that that's what you did and that's why it never went off you always had these powers right. duh like i thought that little uh retcon was great and i loved the joke with darcy where she's like oh did she recast pietro what a uh. funny way to just literally have characters watching the show that you are watching as well and just saying what you're saying at home i thought that was like <laughs> such a clever meta nod right that was darcy's role basically is like yeah. to be the audience right it's um, sit there and eat you know potato chips and watch the show with us which i love it man. yeah <laughs> yep and yeah even when they were do- when it was doing the sitcom thing like it was so charming and like they nailed the commercials they nailed the tone the theme songs were just so on point. So like it was just all like so they just nailed it. Here's a great story about that. Matt Shackman, the director, and we should say um, directed every episode of this. Veteran TV guy. He did Hulu's The Great, cool stuff. Him and Kevin Feige, super producer of the Marvel Universe, got together at Disney at a super cool uh, – Joe, I guess there's like a, a hidden restaurant there you have to have some sort of like crazy access to or whatever, right? They meet Mm. Dick Van Dyke, still alive and kicking, of course. They have a dinner with him and say, Dick, we're making this show. It's inspired by your show. We want to get the tonality right. We want to get the timing right. We want to get the pops, the lights, the color, everything. We want to know how to do it. They have a delightful dinner. At the end of it, he says, so by the way, tell me about you guys. Uh, Who who are you? What, What do you do? Kevin Feige says, well, actually, Dick, the last movie we made is called Avengers Endgame, and it's officially the biggest movie of all time now. Oh, that's great, <laughs> kid. Good for you. you know, there's still a legend out there who's still bigger than the MCU. I, I just love that sure. idea. Oh, that's incredible. Standing on the shoulders of giants. And again, looking back at all the different eras, I mean... I, I was familiar with all these because, you know, my parents watched them. You know, I totally. watched, you know, Bewitched and, you know, Brady Bunch. And I've seen every episode of Gilligan's Island, which didn't get a reference in this. But uh, who knows? The whole thing was like an island. But, yeah, I liked all the Family eras. Family ties Malcolm in the Middle, Mike? Were you a Malcolm in the Middle kid in the 90s? Yeah, Malcolm in the Middle. Even like, you know, Modern Family was like probably the last major sitcom that I liked. Oh, and The Office, you know, everyone wanted John Krasinski, maybe uh, yeah. Mr. Fantastic, oh, but funny. we did get Jimmy Woo was Asian Jim. Oh, oh that's so good. kind of get <laughs> that. That's, a, that's another yeah, man. They, they like, nailed it. How we just, everyone just assumed <laughs> they were like, oh, this episode is Office themed. She's going to go meet an astrophysicist. Obviously, John Krasinski is playing Reed Richards Amazing. and obviously right. it's happening this week. That's, well, that's it's like, like when borderline. When did we decide that? Yeah, when did we decide that John Krasinski was cast as I hate Mr. It. Fantastic in the first well, place? Someone photoshopped him with gray hair yeah, on the side. Yeah. Oh, Jack Ryan fade. Yeah, <laughs> and then his wife can play, you know, the Invisible Woman or no, whatever. So, which is no. just like you know, well, never mind the fact that that director hasn't even finished the next movie he's working on, which is a Spider-Man movie that. I don't know, unless Tobey Maguire comes out and is like, I am Spider-Man from a different universe. Here's all of my history. (laughs) This is Andrew Garfield. He's going to get other movies, too. (laughs) By the way, uh, Gwen Stacy is still around, but she died in my universe. Like, 
I feel like people just want to sit there and like check off boxes and be like, okay, yes, right. you've done everything I, I was well, promised but again, in my head. Joe, is it earned? Because I want to keep you going on this tangent here. The last one we had, Far From Home, Mysterio comes and says, there is a multiverse. And people go, there is? Thanos' snap opened it up. It did? And then by the end of that movie, he goes, ha ha ha, Fake that's out. not real. This <laughs> movie comes right. along and but it's like... Wanda creates reality. She changes it all. Here's all these other cast people. Well, we know Doctor Strange is coming up with a movie called Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, this ties in. No, it doesn't. Get out of here. <laughs> you don't deserve to think that. It, it, right. It, but Colin, you know, they still like to tease things like even in the, you know, Spider-Man at the end when J.K. Simmons comes in, um, you know, it's like, you know, why can't we have an actor that played a fan favorite role that you really can't recast why He's not have him here, come baby. back and play the same role you don't it doesn't have to be a multiverse thing it's just like you know true we like jk simmons you know as j jonah jameson let's like bring him Ralph back Boner. as like a weird you know yeah <laughs> yeah so I, i'm having this i this knowledge is coming from an episode of scrubs referencing something else and you, did you guys ever watch uh growing pains <laughs> the show with kirk cameron sure. it was like yeah early 90s sitcom I'm pretty sure in the final mm. season of that show, they introduced like a cousin named Boner who lives above yes. the garage. <laughs> yes, earlier. Is that not what yeah. this like was the start of the show? show? Oh, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, that's true. That could be. Yeah. It's just like throwing in like no, my, a random character who's like yeah. out of nowhere, doesn't fit the rest of the tone of the show, and was like kind of there just to like boost ratings at the end. Well, you know, you know what I saw? Everybody kept saying, well, obviously um, that episode is a full house episode just because of Elizabeth Olsen. We should say her tie to the twins themselves. But to me, mm-hmm. with the family ties family intro ties. and stuff, yeah. that is a family ties yeah. episode. Who played the super famous uncle on Family Ties for one episode? It's the one I've seen. Do, do you guys know? No. To uh, Michael J. Fox. Ritter? Think of this. Not John Ritter. The uncle is played by Tom Hanks. He's an older oh, yeah, drunk right. who's oh. just fun and wild and crazy. To me, that's all he's doing. Or John Stamos, yeah, like right. you're always saying, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I he's think, like the yeah, Uncle yeah, Joey slash Jesse. Like, he's the cool uncle that everyone wants to hang out with. Right. And I think with the sitcom mm-hmm. stuff, the different eras, more than even being specific references to, like, specific shows, I feel like it was more just the overall vibe of that era. But I like how they do the differences. Like, even the first episode to the second episode, like the 50s to the 60s, like, there's subtle differences. Like, they're still yeah. in black and white. But, you know, it's the, the 50s shows. And then in the 60s, it's like Bewitched. It's a little different. You know, the effects are different. It's just like they nailed the tone of those those uh, sitcoms. Probably my least favorite was the Modern Family one. But, uh, the you know, the 90s one worked. The 80s one worked. Like, I thought it was just, you know, so successful. Yeah, yeah, and, and I got a the Modern Family one worked for me only when we got the Agatha reveal, and uh, she's the one who who was right. interviewing them for That's some so reason. Smart, right? Yeah, 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 brilliant. Because it's like, what? Who? Who is Vision talking to? What is the point of any of this? And then you know, the break the fourth wall on. And by the way, uh, speaking of like little tie-ins and stuff um, with Quicksilver and Red Herrings, he has a tattoo that says M.O.M. on his shoulder. And I thought that was like a multiverse of 
Madness reference. Oh my just, god! It's just Mike, a tattoo that, would that have been he has. Amazing. It's, it's just his real life wow. tattoo that says "mom." Can, can I do one <laughs> multiverse of madness Easter egg? I did see. Uh, obviously, there's a ton of in that final episode, or I guess throughout the series, just Wizard of Oz imagery. You know, Agatha on the bike, Agatha as the witch, basically in the Halloween episode. She gets crushed by the car in the finale with the boots underneath it. Very homage oh, yeah. to Wizard of Oz. The marquee in the background says Oz the Great and Powerful, a Sam Raimi film, upcoming director of In the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that's right. And there we go, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. So, uh... Why don't we get James Franco in this? Don't don't you dare. Don't worry. He's definitely going to show up in the next Spider-Man movie, and then he's definitely going to hang out with Tobey Maguire, and they're all going to be best friends forever. Because I said so in my fan fiction diary. Here's what you do. Recast James Franco as... Norman Osborn in oh, at the, this point, uh, yeah, in the new yeah. Spider-Man movies with uh, Tom Holland. No, I don't know, but no. Here's what you fun. do: you, you bring in Andrew Garfield and Tobey <laughs> Maguire, and they're both guys named Boner who are just there <laughs> God, to, to hang I'd out. Hear you. That's right. That's right. Um, here's a question: there, there, you, We did get post-cred scenes. I mean, like yeah. we did get some yeah. setup there. So and the this- Darkhold was a, a part of this episode or a part of the show, and. You know, she's reading it and we're hearing Doctor Strange's theme and you can hear her kids. So, like, they are out there somewhere. I mean, I think, like, all of this stuff can still happen. Right, right. I think you're totally dead on with the Darkhold. Like, they even mentioned, oh, you're more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, you know. Uh, so calling that out. Um, is this the heel turn, right? Because we see the way... A mic. Yeah. I love that. Colin, what do you right. think? Is this the heel turn for Wanda? If Wanda was the bad guy in the next Doctor Strange movie, I would be 100% down, Mike. She can't be an Avenger anymore. The, she tortured those no, people, No, right? I think, um, yes, after what she did, she should be considered a villain um, because, you know, what she did was pretty messed up and she didn't really, she wasn't really held accountable for it to my satisfaction. Just flew away. And even Monica Rambeau was like, oh, you know what? They never will understand what you sacrificed for them. It's like, what? Are you? She's the one who caused it. Like, I know she was in grief, but it's like, you know. Just because you got superpowers doesn't mean that you get to speak for everyone else. I mean, also, like, it it does kind of, like, Zemo was right. Like, the Avengers are a big danger. Like, Baron Modo, you know, at the end of Doctor Strange, going around killing you know, wizards and warlocks being like, no, there's too many magic people around. This is dangerous. I'm going to do some business. I don't know. Maybe maybe those two villains had points because yeah. Wanda is yeah. pretty dangerous. <laughs> Joe, I mean, even the even the um, you know the punishment that she gives Agatha, right? It's pretty, uh, pretty insane. It's pretty fucked up if you it's think about it. It's very Black like, Mirror. Says, Monkey needs a hug. If you remember that episode. Too dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a fate worse than death almost. It's like kind of, I would say, cruel and unusual punishment. You know, you couldn't get away with that in the U.S. criminal justice system. (laughs) Yeah, but also, she's like a witch who's been around since, uh, you know, the Salem witch trials. So I don't don't know. For me, it's, you know, she's possessed in the next Doctor Strange because she's using magic she can't control, right? Because you have to have it that she can't be the bad, bad guy. But I, I would love to see her going up against Doctor Strange. And Joe, with the dark, cold stuff. You said it before, but is that the nail in the coffin for uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which had their own Darkhold, which looks completely different than this Darkhold? I think 
I, I think it's really going to depend on where we go from here. Uh, so, you know, this is the first thing we've seen in over a year since Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, and it sets up a whole new section of the MCU. So the first three shows we're going to get are WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki, right? I think cool. each one of those is going to be vastly different and going to set up different aspects of the MCU. So WandaVision introduced to what magic is going to be from here on out, what mm-hmm. magic is going to uh, play, how it's going to look, like what the rules are for magic. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to set up the Earth drama. You know, it's going to see like, okay, now that the Avengers are essentially disbanded or, or like aged out, where is the government going to take things? And then Loki is going to be like, what does space look like now? You know what I mean? You're, like, I you're right. One you're of these so shows right. Is kind of setting up the bigger universe and where we're going to go from here. Right. Um, and I think right. There's what are you overlap, excited right? for? Like, you're excited for the world? Just the the Earth stuff? You're looking forward to Falcon the most, Joe? Out of those three shows, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. But who knows? Because WandaVision, like, I, I, I wasn't looking forward to it the most, but... I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to have a hard time topping WandaVision. Like, Me too. Right. It just delivers on the promise of what it is so well that it's going to be hard to top, man. It really is. It's probably not going to have well, Catherine Joe, Hahn. That's going to really hurt, hurt yes, its chances. No, totally. She like, should be in everything. She should be in everything. Um, but Joe, that's interesting because Loki to me is the least interesting of those, but also the space stuff is like you know, the thing that I like the most in the MCU, yeah. like the, you know, the Guardians movies, Thor Ragnarok is one of my personal favorite MCU movies, even if like it's not the best or most important. I just, I just thought it was a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. if it has yeah. the same energy as that Thor Ragnarok, then I'll love it. But Loki's not a super interesting character to me at this no. point. He's been kind of but done neither a were lot. Wanda and but you didn't, yeah, so. you didn't like Wanda and Vision, it's Jacob. True. It's true. But what, yeah, they got I mean, Owen Wilson in this show? Yeah, that's wow. the wildest part to me. <laughs> I'm with you, though. Like wow. Loki is probably wow. the one I'm the least interested in, just because I don't really care for Loki as yeah. a character. Plus, I have nothing right. to back this up, but I feel like Loki's going to feel like Doctor Who, and I'm not a Doctor Who fan. Um, you know, just based on Tom Hiddleston what fans. we've seen. Yeah, I hope yeah. it's Star Trek-y. It. Totally, but I think totally. there's going to be like little overlaps mm. everywhere, right? Like Monica Rambeau is definitely a space. Like one of the post-cred scenes here well, had scrolls. Yeah. Like, right. I so, think but Joe, that person is, so. you know, the person who, you know, I heard, your mom's friend heard that you're grounded. You know, you better get up to space. Nick Fury, I would assume, but that sets her up for Captain Marvel. That sets her up for a secret invasion. That 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 is what going forward? I Any one of those or all... Likely both, both, you know what I mean? Like, that's, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, Spider-Man is obviously my favorite character, but I got to say, like, moving forward, I am way more excited for all of the shows than I am the movies. Like, wait, wow. you got Black Widow, Shang-Chi, uh, Eternals, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, um, you know, They're- like, I don't, I don't know. I'm way more into all of the announced TV shows than I am those. And like... They just keep adding them, and they just keep sounding better to me, especially now that we've seen WandaVision. Yeah, I gotta say, for the Eternals, something that seems like it's gonna flop, because 
you know, is I but you know, Gar- you could have told me Guardians of the Galaxy was going to flop before that I came tried. out. They're really trying to hype up the Eternals, though. But it's just it's a wild cast, and those characters aren't familiar with a lot of people, so it should be really interesting. But could I am excited different. to see that just to see what it is. You know, but to your point, Guardians. Ninety nine percent of people, myself included, didn't know anything about those characters, and they no, made that uh, super super the fact good. That we, yeah, the fact that we live in a world where Rocket Raccoon is a household name just blows oh, my yeah. mind. Yeah. Right, right. Bradley but with Cooper. the Eternals, like they're like, oh, you know, you know that director, like she's doing stuff you wouldn't believe with the Eternals. It's like I, I don't even know what that could possibly that mean blows with my the mind. <laughs> you know, but they're really hyping it up, so I do want to see that one. Um, well, Black Jacob, Widow let me ask you this. Well, me, on that note, you know, let's go down from the cosmic. Let's go to Earth real quick. Jacob, Jack Schaefer, the woman who wrote WandaVision, the showrunner, uh, only penned a couple episodes, but obviously led the room on it, broke the story, producer for it all, uh, wrote Black Widow. Does that right. up your interest at all for that movie? Well, I feel like it should, but it's at the same time, I've seen the trailers. It just looks like a very standard kind of prequel that's like, well, you know, this is Black Widow's like origin story or whatever. It kind of looks, feels like they're looking back rather than looking forward, which everything in the MCU now is like looking forward, forward, forward. So I don't know. I even look at it as a way to set up Black Widow 2.0, a.k.a. her sister. Like we need to establish that she has been out there running around so that now that, um, you know, original Black Widow is dead, we'll just bring her in for the the new Avengers with Monica and whoever that, you know, whatever the heck they're going to do. Yeah, and it's funny they even cast you know uh, you know the sheriff from uh, you know oh, Stranger David Things Heimer. back when Stranger David Things was, was at its peak. Yeah, but then it's it hasn't been out for so long. It's like you remember Stranger Things that show that you know people <laughs> so, watched years ago or whatever. Sure. It's like it's kind of hit its peak. So I don't know, but I do like him. So I'm sure it'll be fun. But it seems like a lesser Marvel movie to me. It to me, it's not even a lesser Marvel. It's like every few years when there's one of those Mission Impossible spinoffs for women, like Salt for Angelina Jolie or uh, Atomic, Atomic Blonde. Blonde for Charlie Theron, where they're Blonde. like, "We'll put some money behind this. It's just as big as Mission Impossible." And you go, "It's not Mission Impossible." <laughs> no. Well, any first of all, anytime they cast Charlize Theron in an action movie, I gotta watch it because I love absolutely. Her, but, um, and uh, watch the old guard. Uh, I like Scarlett. I like Scarlett Johansson. I think she's good as the Black Widow. I wonder, Joe, if one of these uninteresting characters that I don't like, like how it was kind of Wanda, will the Black Widow move me, make me love Black Widow? Yeah. I couldn't possibly think it would, but no. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. I, I also feel like there's some bitterness here coming from the fact that we should have had it a year ago. And it just yes. feels like. You know, you 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 held it from us, and now I'm not interested anymore. You think and your like, Black Widow's so special? Seem, yeah. Well, like, yeah, and it's it's. I mean, partly you're it's not the more pandemic, than but Space Jam, like Space Jam, <laughs> is coming right to us. Yeah, come on. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know. And you know, comic accurate stuff, right? Again, doesn't matter, whatever. But I, I set up all that stuff at the beginning of a purple alien. You know, a robot does this, all that stuff. The idea that this show still has shocking comic book lore that it's mining from too, let alone Agatha Harkness, let alone introducing new characters. The fact that I go, White Vision? Oh my God, that's something Joe and I said after Infinity War. What a cool homage when Vision dies to White Vision. No way would they ever rebuild him without his emotions as the cold calculating machine. And then you're like, oh, they do? (laughs) Or that in a show called WandaVision, 
where I know there's a character named Wanda, when she finally transforms into the Scarlet Witch and somebody says the words out loud, Scarlet Witch, the I'm Scarlet like, Witch. oh, you could say that in this universe? <laughs> like, yeah. it just still feels shocking. Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they never, you know, said that in the movies. In the movies, like, they're just like, remember the introduction of them? It's like, she's oh, a witch. She's fast yeah. and she's weird. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so much. In the field yes. is what they say exactly. Yes. Right. But it's like the, that's the evolution of the MCU because at first they didn't know how comic booky they could be totally. and still, you know, be, be watched. And now that they can essentially do no wrong, they're like, we can just do whatever the fuck we want because yeah, we're fucking, we'll we're call it all whatever. Give Zemo, <laughs> give Zemo his mask. He's allowed to have yeah, it now. Do it. Um, right. Colin, how do you, what do you think about the, the possibility of the West Coast Avengers here? Because I feel like a lot of what is being done is sure. kind of around the West Coast Avengers, right? So Vision Quest, set up. the comic which introduced White Vision, was a West Coast Avengers comic. Speed and Wiccan, the two kids, were a part of that team. Uh, I'm pretty sure Moon Knight was at some point. Hawkeye sure. was at some point. These are all the characters show. that are... Yeah, like these are all characters that are getting Disney Plus shows. I don't know, like it kind of feels like... Either they're just using that to mine some stuff because they always love to take bits and pieces from other places. Like, you know, the magic episode with uh, their their two stage names. Those are characters who existed in uh, Wanda and Vision. Glamour and illusion. Like You're so right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, like, Very you know, cute. they did like those little MCU things that they always do. So it could just be that where they're just like pulling inspiration from those comics. But I don't know. Could be. I'm not going to be shocked if we get a an event. We also had a lady who turns into radio waves when bullets are shot at her, Joe. <laughs> it's like fucking anything can happen, I guess. That's <laughs> true. I think like another thing yeah. that they have been doing is uh, like they've been referencing comics, but like definitely treating, you know, the cinematic universe as like a separate entity where it doesn't have to follow every beat. You know, it'll reference things and kind of reinterpret them. And I think that's maybe part of where you get everybody theorizing and then getting upset when they don't do exactly what they thought because yeah. that was in the books. But also okay right to like just kind of give a wink and a nod sometimes i hope so yeah um yeah. And we were talking about her kids right and we get that line in the last episode thank you for choosing me to be your mother that again uh, hints devastating. right but what does that mean are they from you know hell or wherever they were in the comics like, right is that oh. but then even in the last credit the end credit scene when she's reading the dark hold they're like you hear the, the yeah, kids hear, right so you hear them uh crying for her yeah, so whatever. I, the, I just thought that that line was such a good like the MCU has so many like good by lines, you know what I mean? Like you know, you have uh Yandu and Peter Quill like when he's dying and you know, I love you 3000, like all of these moments uh, that are just great like little ah oh, that, that hit so hard. WandaVision hit so hard. It didn't it didn't have to, but it did. Oh yeah. I mean Paul Bettany's goodbye like you said and he's like what am I? And she just breaks it down. You're you're my pain, but also my hope. And uh, he's like, I guess I'm okay with that. You know, but, we've said goodbye uh, yeah. before. It stands to reason we'll say hello again. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it's this is the best depiction of a relationships that we've seen in the MCU. Really, I mean, I don't think they've been that great at like relationships. I mean, you have like Tony Stark and pepper pots or whatever but uh for the yeah. most part it's like you know it's kind of hard to do relationships with a superhero right um but i think this really nails the 
uh, that dynamic. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I have a one more question then about the series proper. Um, is White Vision basically just going to eventually become our new version of Vision? Where is he headed to? Is mm-hmm. he going to talk mm-hmm. to the Avengers? And why maybe didn't Vision, the first, the copy of Vision that Wanda made, tell her that he put, he, he unlocked all the memories for White Vision? Is is that? Something- oh, I guess why didn't he do that? Yeah, yeah. I see. I see a lot of complaints, Mike, where people are like, "Well, if he got all his memories back, he's Vision. He should go save his beautiful wife immediately." Well, again. He's a cold, emotionless robot who, in that moment, was given the memories of a previous version of himself's life where he watched himself die over and over. I would also escape to think about what was going on. Maybe he went to where he was killed in Wakanda to just sort of, like, check out the area. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I like that we're going to get more Paul Bettany for this. I I don't want what it's going to be, I fear, Mike, which is a lot of, like... Well, we'll get a movie with the cold emotionalist vision where his drama will be, will he show emotions again? But of course he will by Avengers 6 where it's, you know, <laughs> vision time or whatever. So that's, yeah, vision I'm quest. scared of that. Double vision. I think vision it's built quest. in. Vision quest. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I, mean, um, that's, I, I feel like that's built in. I do feel like we're heading that way. But I mean, it kind of is like. I don't know. I like that you can go back to the Pinocchio roots with it. I, I really have to trust him. I mean, I got to be honest, like. What is what is Disney Plus if not the MCU persisting? Like they really <laughs> evolved themselves wow. into, uh, to something nice, new nice. here. Wow! And um, yeah, wherever and the wherever quality go, stayed, like, it's open. I think the quality improved because you're not beholden to, you know, this is what an MCU movie looks like. This is what an MCU movie feels like. I think we started to get away with that with Thor Ragnarok, but now that we're open to like miniseries. anything's on the table as far as I'm concerned. And I I think WandaVision really sets up a lot to be excited about. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Good job with uh, the first was supposed to be the second outing, but you know, sometimes, uh, (laughs) you know, you come in for relief and you knock it out of the park. And I think that's absolutely what uh, WandaVision has done. Any, you know, sort of last points before we hit our final thoughts, just, you know, thoughts about the costume. Did you like seeing a kind of quote unquote accurate uh, Scarlet Witch costume? I was always concerned how they would make that crown look not dorky. And yes. they succeeded. I think I do think it looks pretty cool. Energy crown, Mike. Yeah. And then it's got, you know, the color motifs of all the, you know, the purple magic from Agatha and her red. And there's like some blue stripes oh. on her leggings. So it's like all the different colored magic we'd seen. That's cool. Right. Up to this point, it's in there. Well, I like the uh, um, in the Halloween episode. Obviously, they did like the very uh, comic accurate yes, uh, costumes, which was really fun. Um, yeah, and then when you see that costume, looked pretty cool. Um, and by the way, I just noticed you guys have the the lighting going on, and you, uh, uh, Mike, you've got the Agatha purple light, lighting, and then Joe, you've got the Scarlet Witch lighting. So that's, that's pretty right. Cool. Yes, and Jacob, you're a robot. <laughs> yes, it was Mike. Yes, I'm a I'm a totally white robot. Because <laughs> yes, you um, haven't been outside in a year. <laughs> I think I think the other thing that One Division did that no one's really talking about uh, it's solidified without a doubt that she is the strongest Avenger. Right? I totally. Mean, like, she's literally told. Oh, well, Captain Marvel, I don't know. But does Captain Marvel have a piece of the stone? She says, I have a piece of the Mind Stone still in me. Yeah. Right. I I I just feel like you literally had the sentence said, like, oh, the Scarlet Witch is stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. It's like, okay, she's stronger than that guy. 
We've seen right. her go toe to toe with Thanos, just like Captain Marvel. Yeah, like I don't know, man. I think, I think the argument is 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 pretty clear. That like, yeah, like everyone's kind of you know the people behind the movies have said like, yeah, she's one of the strongest. And this one was like, right, no, she'll 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 put you in a prison of your own mind if she can't physically beat you. <laughs> totally, but odds are she can right. physically beat you too. Throwback to the uh, Joss Whedon of uh, Age of Ultron power with the sort of creepy mind movement that yeah, she the, did. The, I, the I really liked that. Through. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to compare power levels, really, because, like, obviously Thor is very powerful in God. his own way, right? Um, Captain Marvel, uh, Hulk is very powerful, but it's a different kind of, like, he's just really strong, so it's like, how do you compare strength to, like, the mind gauntlet. powers, you know? He gets stronger yeah. when he's angrier, <laughs> infinitely, know, right? but I, I mean, think she's really one of You're all burying powerful. the lead with, uh, with Hawkeye, too, I mean. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Bow is real That's good. Um, yeah, with with prep right. time? How much prep time does Hawkeye have? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do the, the Batman argument. There. How many, how many arrows does he have in his holster? That's really the most important <laughs> right. question. Yeah some fishing lines when he runs out he's basically powerless (laughs) um i think if wanda um can just enslave a whole town on accident because she's having a bad day (laughs) once she learns from the dark hold and controls the powers of the scarlet witch as it's been set up as this kind of ancient it's almost like a dark phoenix vibe that i get like it's like this ancient being that reincarnates totally yeah i think well it's like she did insanely powerful yeah, and she did all that by accident. She didn't even know she was a witch. She didn't know she was doing magic. Yeah. And then when uh, you know Agatha Harkness is like, "You've got like people miles away on the outskirts of town that you're controlling. You don't even realize it." Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, that's how'd you do powerful. that, right, yeah. <laughs> Mike? It's so cool that you say that. Just another comics thing to throw to to think about. Um, I kind of think we're eventually going to lead to an Avengers versus X Men movie. I think that's going to be kind of the well that they can mine internally to use their coolest characters without worrying about the villain problem that they kind of have, right? Mm-hmm. In AVX, she says a parody of her famous line from uh, House of M No More Mutants, No More Phoenix, where it shows she is strong enough to Whoa. wipe out the Phoenix Force. So she, she does have that kind of power in the comics, and it's cool yeah. to see it. To realize i mean she's definitely okay, so, played like omega level mm. in the mcu so i think if we do get to mutants if we do do avx which would be dope i think wanda would be uh kind of taking like the wolverine role right where it's like are you an avenger or are you an x-men because you walk what that do you do yeah mm. right so colin big prediction time here so you're saying mm. Marvel, you know, Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. What do, so what do they do with the casting? Do they recast the X-Men? Do they bring over I love Sansa this. Stark and, and all those people? <laughs> oh, from the- yeah, okay, <laughs> no. that's where we start. Hold on. Yeah, I get Sophie Turner in as Jean Grey. Um, yeah. No, again, I wasn't the guy who was like, that's my Quicksilver. It's bullshit that it's not Evan Peters. Marvel right. wants to own this stuff. They, they know... They want you to think their Spider-Man is the only Spider-Man you've ever seen. Even regardless of wink, wink, what they've got kind of coming up. I still stand by. They know that their power is their version of something. It's going to be new. You know, I I, I want to see fresh people. I, if Hugh Jackman, I mean, Patrick, if Stewart Patrick Stewart has already Stewart, said, guys, get him out of here. <laughs> no, no, he's already said, like, he, you know, him and Hugh Jackman kind of had a pledge that Logan was going to be their last appearance. So he's out. I mean, you could bring in James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, but I think better to do a, just a full recast and I'm with you, you. Know, 
do it that way, right? Yeah. So that's keep our Deadpool prediction. Keep Deadpool and lose the last. Like that would yes. like keep Deadpool, lose the rest, and have Wanda yeah. say no more retcons because you just gotta like move forward, man. Yeah, that's good stakes. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I like it. I like it. No Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Mystique. Oh, we're missing out on the <laughs> no cream of the crop here, guys. <laughs> like, uh, Olivia no, Munn. Mystique is a big part Psylocke, of the X-Men. You, you know? know that? Yes, yeah. my travesty. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, well, you know, fanfics aside or our predictions, you know, Wanda did do a great job. And for, you know, the show that is about someone not accepting their own reality, we hope that the people who maybe felt disappointed by the ending can kind of just accept the reality as it is and look at the show fresh perspective. Cause I think at the end of the day, we all enjoyed it and recommend it. Right. Mike, it's about that. Wanda was making her own fanfic the entire time. And she tells the kids when Sparky dies, you can't play pretend you need to live in the real world. So exactly I'm with right. Wanda on this one. Let's jump to our final thoughts. Let's get out of this reality bubble. Get back to the real world. Talking WandaVision on Normies Like Us. We're back. We've taken you through time, through tropes, through sadness, as we said. It's WandaVision here on Normies Like Us. We're feeling sad because Wanda's feeling sad, but of course the final step is moving on. And that's what we're doing here today. We're giving our final thoughts on WandaVision. I'll say, you know, like I said up top, it's in my top three now. You know, I go Iron Man 3, I go Guardians 2, I go nine episodes of Wanda crying and tricking people that she's on a fucking TV show while a robot husband says cute stuff in British speak. (laughs) You know, I adore these performances. I adore this writing. I was talking to you guys in text in a little bit, just uh, the power of the screenwriting in certain episodes. These are people who know what they're doing. They put character forward. They put the stakes forward, the concept, the conceits. Um, and every line moves. You know, it, it moves the action forward. That's very rare writing to actually come across that. Stuff I didn't like, you know, um, not a lot of the cutting back. I don't need to see Kat Dennings again. That's okay. <laughs> You know, she's she's not for me, but it is cool that there are characters not for me that I recognize in this really big web of a world, and uh, I'm happy to be part of it. I, I don't want this reality to end. I'll, I'll jump back in and stay with Wanda forever. Nice, nice. I guess I'll jump in uh, here. Like I said, you know, it's, it, it's a show about someone who's not willing to accept reality. It's about loss. It's about grief, you know, and... Uh, Denial, anger, acceptance, all that kind of happens in this show. Um, And we'll see where it goes. You know, is, you know, White Vision just like, oh, those are some interesting memories. I don't have an emotional attachment to them. Whatever. You know, I'm I'm me or I'm going to be Ultron now because whatever. This is my girlfriend, Sheila. (laughs) Like, what? He's dating someone else? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the kids, obviously, they they play a role in other comic storylines. So they're setting up a lot for the multiverse of madness. I'm interested in that horror movie. Uh, I like Sam Raimi. I like it. Spider-Man. So uh, at the very least, they made me care about two characters I had no interest in. And now I am completely invested in, in the, their life and their choices. So good job, Disney and WandaVision. Nice. 
Um, yeah, for me, it's like, you know, go back and listen to our first, you know, first reactions episode that we did after the first two episodes, and you can see how wrong I was about certain things, but, uh, (laughs) I didn't have a lot of expectations going into it, but it totally changed my mind throughout the course of the show. And I mean, it was like three different shows in the, in, in one show almost Mm -hmm. like it kind of kept changing. Like you said, when it gets to episode four and it pulls back to the normies, it's like, Okay, I guess, you know, we got to have these people come in and explain what's going on. Like, I felt like there was, yeah, the normals. Normals like <laughs> us. Um, <laughs> I felt like there was some over-explanation at points, which is like, okay, so, you know, just so everyone understands what's going on, here's what's going on. Like, to me, like, and I understand, like, not everyone has the same level of, like, comic knowledge or that kind of thing. So, but, uh, like I said, you know, I was texting you guys last week before the after the eighth episode and i was like you know this is my one of my top mcu things ever of course i thought that was like the last episode <laughs> you thought it was over like, that's great. that blows like, my mind still <laughs> that's a great very yeah, bold way to end the show <laughs> wow a lot of questions um, left <laughs> yeah i thought well they ended on a big cliffhanger that's interesting um <laughs> but yeah i think it knocks down a little bit just in the finale but i don't think it's a it's bad or anything like that i thought it was overall very good um you know, my top MCU things, is, like I said, it's Guardians 1 and 2, Thor, Ragnarok. I love the the wacky, psychedelic space stuff. Um, but this is definitely up there. Top seven, I'll say. Top six. I don't know. Wow. But, six uh, would be thematically appropriate. <laughs> Thor 2. <laughs> hard to say. Hard to say. But, um, yeah, and I thought they nailed the, the presentation, the tone of the different sitcoms. Um yeah, and it was it was just yeah, it just totally blew my expectations out of the water. Uh, there was one thing I was going to say that I can't remember, so I'll just don't know why I brought it up. Do you think um, Wanda's yeah, I think so. memory? <laughs> Joe, what about you though? Do you think she's Wanda controlling you right now? Yeah, <laughs> um, like I'll tell you, like WandaVision, Quicksilver, those are three characters to me that are just like core Avengers that are in the background. I never really think too much about them, but I always want them in my Avengers books because you need characters like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the MCU, I think they kind of serve that point up until now. And now they had this this wonderful miniseries, which gave an opportunity to explore characters. And it wasn't a blockbuster. It was a, a slice of life starring, you know, two people about grief. I absolutely adore that. Like Tom King's uh, The Visions was an inspiration here. Uh, I like that we get things that aren't the standard MCU blockbuster. Now that that door is open, um, I think we're really kind of burying the lead here with the excitement for Disney Plus because this is we we have a week off, and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts, and then once cool. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is is done, you're gonna have Black Widow. Like things are basically nonstop. You know, we went a year without the MCU and now they're like, don't worry, you can have the MCU every week for the rest of the year because we love the right. 3000. <laughs> um, if if uh, Luke Skywalker can show up at the end of The Mandalorian and then we can get a post-scred scene, you know, saying that we're going to get the book of Boba Fett, I don't see why I can't get Jimmy Woo and the agents of Atlas. I don't see why we can't get a vision quest standalone. Like I think the world is so open now and I can't wait to see where the MCU goes outside of the movies. Like I didn't think I would be more excited for the shows than the movies, but I really feel that way. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what Disney plus does with the MCU because 
I think there there's a chance um, that this is some of my favorite stuff moving forward. So WandaVision wow. was a great way to start. I can't wait to see where we go from here. Well, Joe, like you said, you know, comparing to Star Wars, like uh, we got Mandalorian. Everyone loves the first two seasons. Now they announce all these new shows. Is it going to be overkill at some point? Are we going to get sick You're of so you know, right, Jacob? <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I'll still watch. You know, I'm going to watch Captain Captain, Captain Soldier and the Winter Falcon. Captain Soldier, my favorite GI Joe. Surely the quality, yeah. surely the quality will drop at some point. To your point, I I, I think it has, it has to. to. They're yeah, going mean, to spread themselves thin at some point. How will Disney react to that? It'll be interesting to see them deal with failure. Yeah, I don't know. They haven't missed yet. I'm I'm not I'm not counting on them. And also, here's my thing with burnout. Here's you're like everyone always makes this argument of like it's going to be too much at one point. Then don't fucking watch it. No one's putting a gun to your head and saying <laughs> you have to watch these shows. Like, it's over. does Ahsoka Tana need a show? I don't know. Do we need another season of this? They're they're fucking Star Wars and Marvel shows, not vaccines. We don't need <laughs> any of them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you don't want to watch it. Just don't watch it. But yeah. But at some point, does it cheapen the product to have like, you know, if, if, you know, there's the, the, um, you know, Ahsoka Tano show and then, you know, Obi-Wan or Luke Skywalker shows up in that. It's like, oh, we're just going to bring Luke Skywalker back into every show for some reason with weird CGI. But he's got Grogu with him this time. What's the, what's the purity of the product to begin with? Again, like they're. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's been plenty of bad Star Wars projects before the disney bought them so i can't complain too much and after like you know i'm not trying to dismiss that point i understand that some of these things are less important than others but in the grand scheme of things absolutely none of it is important so to be like this deserves (laughs) it but this doesn't just like i just don't get that argument like if you don't want to watch it don't watch it yeah yeah like you don't have to as much as i like i don't think loki is going to be for everyone i don't think wandavision was for everyone i don't think you know like I don't think Cassie is going to care half as much about Falcon Captain Captain Soldier, Captain Soldier and the Falcon. winter and the winter, uh, and the winter is coming. Uh, like, <laughs> she's not going to care half as much about that as she did about but um, Wandavision. And that's we totally all right. agree that a four-hour Snyder cut is for the people. It's for all of us. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're it's here for. Everybody. Yeah, Normies, we've got it. that coming up down the pipeline in a couple episodes. We'll be talking more comic books. Get ready. But uh, as always, of course, you can hit us up at normies underscore like underscore us. Let us know what you want us to be talking about. Let us know what you thought of WandaVision, baby. What would uh, you want to think about those kooky shows they lived in? Yeah. And for those of you catching this on the YouTubes, uh, this is episode 137. So if you're wondering where the other 136 are, they're, they're uh, audio only at normieslikeus.com. We just started filming. But, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and right. Medius Rex. We just started this new technology called video. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's brand new. It's going to change the world. Yeah, yeah. We're really on the cutting edge of it. So uh, be sure to check those out if you want more. We cover a lot of different topics. And uh, stay tuned for the, the future. Who knows what it will hold? Darkhold. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That was <laughs> Thank good. Thank you. That was good. In the meantime. We've been your host. This is Colin Boner. Mike Atha all along. <laughs> uh, Agent Joey Wu. Want to see a magic trick? And this is, uh, <laughs> this is uh, Jacob Vision. All right. Bye. Bye, Normies. Bye. I can't feel you.
hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. I love Jacob Vision, because that is such like a ba- baby new year. Baby new year, baby, come Very lazy, you. you know. All right. Don't think about these too hard. <laughs> Hit and stop. Uh.